Hey, and welcome back to the Joe Gibbs Sportscast. I'm your host, Joe Gibbs. You can follow us on Twitter at JG Sportscast or send us an email to jgsportscast at gmail.com. Of course, any feedback, input, fantasy questions, anything like that are always welcome and appreciated. This week we do have the NFL Week 3 matchups. you got your Eliminator pick coming up. You'll have your Fantasy Feast matchup prediction. Also, our Bold prediction and Lock of the Week are going to be coming within the same game. I do feel a lot better about this week now that we've gotten a better sample from the teams the first two weeks. We're really finding a lot more about what some of these teams' identities are, in some cases a lack thereof their identities. Uh, Without further delay, we are going to start with tonight's game. We've got the Washington Redskins visiting the New Jersey Giants over there in East Rutherford. Welcome to the party, Matt Jones. We had a huge game from him last week. Had 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Skins really showing some signs of life after a solid week one outing against Miami. They were able to take care of the impressive Rams defense that did take over Seattle week one. A lot of people picked the Rams to win that game. Washington came out with a victory. Uh, It will take another great game plan. Looking at this week of keep away by Jay Gruden. You'll need a solid run game coming out of both Matt Jones and Alfred Morris. I do expect Alfred Morris to get a couple more carries. Uh, that he did last week, even when that Jones having a big game. They'll definitely have to limit the turnovers coming from Kirk Cousins, and they could really start turning some heads. The Giants are really 0-2 despite a huge game from Odell Beckham Jr. last week. He had another great catch on the sideline there. I'm sure you've all seen it. They haven't really played all that poorly. I really think a win here would go a long way, and a division that's really kind of struggling at this point, that, that division is completely open for the taking. They really need to get the ball out of Eli Manning's hands quickly to limit the pressure that D.C. is going to bring. I really think the turnover battle is going to swing this game. My pick is going to be, we'll go with the Giants, but I'm really impressed the way that Washington has looked so far. Uh, they they really kind of end up winning some games and maybe contend in this division if they keep that up. Really surprising because of how we thought they were going to look out of the preseason. Again, for this one, I'm going to take the Giants just because I think you know, the Redskins are probably going to have a little bit of let letdown game after having two pretty solid weeks at, at first. We'll get the Giants uh, coming back in this one. Next up, we got the Falcons visiting the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to be without Des Bryant, no Tony Romo. They're going to have some big problems. Nobody really wants to see Brandon Whedon run this offense. Even he said it himself before the year started. Dallas's defense will hold their own. Sean Lee's going to be back there, and he's really going to be trying to do what he can to hold down the fort for that defense. We got a home game here for the Cowboys. We got a great offensive line. You still have Terrence Williams there. I just really think that Dan Quinn's going to be able to dial up the right defensive strategy to take over this one. Julio is about as dominant as it gets out there. I don't really, I, I really don't really think anybody actually has anybody in this league that can cover him effectively. You'll get some strategies that will, you know, try to limit what he can do in terms of. You know his overall production, maybe holding to one score under a hundred yards. But at the same time, he is going to be the main focal point of any defense that he faces coming up. If the run game shows any sort of a pulse without Tevin, Tevin Coleman there in Atlanta, I'm really expecting an Atlanta victory on the road in that in that game. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals have started two and zero and looked really solid on many fronts so far. Their talent is really lying with, they got the fire and lightning combo with Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill at the running back position. You still got A.J. Green producing out there, and with Tyler Eifert coming along, they look like they're going to have a lot of matchup problems for any opposing defense coming in so far. This is definitely going to be a lot, a real big tough test for most teams in the near future. 
I, they're really looking solid, especially on offense and on defense. They've always been a pretty stout group for the past couple of years now as well. The Ravens inexplicably dropped one in Oakland and really killed my limited choice last week. I wasn't really happy about that, and I don't think very many other people were either. Uh, Ravens themselves definitely weren't. They actually ended up trading the cornerback, uh, Hill, that actually made a costly penalty late in the game after it looked like he was actually sealing the deal with uh, interception, but he actually held on the play, so they actually traded him pretty soon after the game. Uh, I don't really care if Joe Flacco's a lead or not. The Ravens really can't lose games like that and expect to make the playoffs. Maybe they'll have a bounce-back game here, but I'm not going to put my money on it. I'm going to go with Cincy in this game uh, with the away win within the division. Of course, the Ravens fans are going to be fired up trying to get you know bounce back from that 0-2 start, but I still think the Bengals have the better team in this one. I think they'll take that on the road. The past and future L.A. Raiders are visiting the Cleveland Browns, and the fact that either of these teams have a win at this point is pretty shocking to me. I can definitely see how Derek Carr is going to win some games for the Raiders for some years to come. He really does have a lot of talent. He put that on pure display against the Ravens in Week 2. Cleveland really believes that Josh McCown gives them the best chance to win, and you know, good for them. Uh, I'll, I'll take a special thank you for not starting Johnny Manziel this week for that game. No, I really won't have to bother paying attention much to this game one bit. I'll check out the box score after the game, see how Travis Benjamin did. But this game is not going to be too fun to watch, I don't believe. Maybe Travis Benjamin will keep up that torrid pace, but I really have my doubts with Josh McCown at the helm. Really, he doesn't like to take as many chances as Johnny Manziel does. He doesn't extend the play as well. So I, I would see Travis Benjamin probably getting a little bit of a dip this week. At the same time, I don't think it's going to be very long before we see Johnny Manziel in there again at some point. Uh, I'll take the Browns in this one, mostly due to the home field advantage. But this one is really kind of a true coin flip. We did see both of them, both the Raiders and the Browns, play pretty well last week. But let's not kid ourselves. These guys aren't going to be winning very many games, uh, especially not even get to 500 this year, I don't, I don't believe. So I'll take the Browns here, mostly just because they're at home. We've got the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Almighty, Ti- Almighty Titans are atop the AFC South thanks to the Indianapolis Colts. I really don't believe anyone would have thought the Colts would be anything but leading this division after two weeks. The Colts have been beaten up by the AFC East so far after the dismal 0-2 start. Out-of-control beard Andrew Luck could really use some help on the offensive line. Their defense really hasn't co- helped out the cause much either. They let up some big numbers to, to some offenses with some pretty big question marks heading into the year. Of course, they have plenty of talent there. We just really didn't know how well they were going to come together. And apparently against the Colts, it, it works out pretty well. Marcus Mariota did come back down to earth a little bit for the Titans last week. They did drop one to the Browns. I still think he has a pretty bright future, but he still has some ways a ways to go. You really can't be fortunate enough to play the Bucks defense every week. I don't think they really prepared well enough for Marcus Mariota. He got the ball out of his hands quickly. But then you see in the Week 2 matchup how they can still get to him, hit him a couple times, and try to get him off his rhythm. So that's probably going to be the game plan for most teams going forward now that they've seen some success against Mariota. I really think Indy bounces back for this one in a divisional win. They can't stay down that long going to 0-3. I just don't see it happening against the Titans. So we'll go with the Colts with the away win in the division. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Steelers get Le'Veon Bell back this week after his two-game suspension. I'm sure it's definitely going to be a welcome surprise for his fantasy owners to see what he can do. The sky's really the limit for this offense. That's also going to get Martavis Bryant back off suspension pretty soon as well. 
Uh, the defense can definitely use a little bit of a boost, but with that offense, they're really never going to be out of a game. The Rams had a bit of a letdown last week, but in their defense, the Redskins really might not be as bad as we all kind of assumed they would be going into the year with all the problems with RG3. Uh, I really wonder if the St. Louis faithful are going to be coping with the realization that their team is probably going to move to L.A. yet. It's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how much they're going to support their team later in the year if they do end up struggling later on. Todd Gurley isn't really too sure about his availability this week. Uh, He said that he would would like to play if he's called upon. It'll be interesting to see how... Well, he plays when he gets back. I'm definitely interested to see how you know how well the offensive line is going to be able to block for him and see if he can add a little bit more firepower to that offense. The Rams already have a lot of potential there. You're going to see Brian Quick coming back pretty soon off his shoulder injury. I think they definitely could contend in that division with Seattle starting off 0-2 as well. That division is pretty much wide open at this point, although the Cardinals starting off 2-0 is definitely going to be a pretty tough test to overcome for the for the Seahawks to try to take it there. Uh, I do like Pittsburgh in this game, uh, but I really think the Rams should be back to 500 pretty quickly after this one. The Rams have a pretty solid team. That division is going to be uh, quite a fight to watch later on in this year. Now we got the San Diego Chargers visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Chargers burned me a little bit last week, but call me crazy, I'm going to give them another shot. Uh, they played a pretty decent team with the Cincinnati Bengals, and despite losing Ladarius Green, I still like the way that their offense plays. They really have come together. you still got Stevie Johnson there. you still got a plethora of receivers with Malcolm Floyd and Keenan Allen. Uh, the Vikings really got their shot at redemption after the debacle in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Uh, someone had the crazy thought of finally getting Adrian Peterson the ball a couple more times in a power run game, and look what happened. The guy went ran all over the place and actually looked like the Adrian Peterson from 2013. When the defense doesn't get out muscled, they'll definitely hold their own in plenty of games in Minnesota. Uh, I did read an article earlier this week about the Vikings mascot trying to triple his pay, and I thought that was one was pretty funny. If you haven't read that yet, definitely look that up. It's a pretty pretty good read. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Chargers in this game because I really think that even at home against the Vikings, the Chargers always seem to show up to play. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they do, but I really think I like the Chargers in this game. Coming up next, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, the Jags showed up a week too late for my picks. Uh, I really thought that after the way they looked week one, I wasn't too sure how, how my Jags' confidence was going to be looking. Then Allen Robinson comes out, looks even better than what I thought he could be to start the year. I still don't think they'll win their division by any means, but they'll definitely throw, show flashes of brilliance throughout the year. Blake Bortles looked pretty good, didn't end up getting sacked. Uh, he had two touchdowns and over 200 yards, looked pretty Looked pretty positive for the Jaguars' offense in that game. Uh, the Patriots handled the Bills exactly the way that they wanted to. Uh, despite the score only being an eight-point difference, the Pats really dominated the vast majority of that game. They lulled you to sleep with that quick passing attack. Then they hit Gronk down the seam or for a deep out like clockwork. It's really tough to drop all those guys in coverage and expect results against Tom Brady. Uh, I don't see the Pats losing more than three games this year as much as I would like to see that closer that number closer to seven, uh, that I really don't think they're going to lose very many games. Uh, the Pats are not only my pick for this week, but they're also going to be my eliminator pick for this week if you're part of the 20% that didn't get hosed last week as well. So we're definitely going to go with the Patriots at home here, taking on the Jaguars. Next up, we got the Saints visiting the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there are two main matchups in this game that I think are going to determine the outcome. The Panthers wide receivers 
versus the Saints secondary, and the Panthers' front seven against the hobbled Drew Brees. Brees is talking at this point like he's going to play this week, but I think it's definitely going to be a game-time decision. I think it's going to be pretty close because the initial report really expected him to be out for two weeks, and it is on his throwing shoulder. So that's going to be a tough way for Drew Brees to overcome over overcome that. I really think this is a very important divisional matchup, especially with uh, how their division is looking so far. I These games are always pretty close within that division. I like Carolina at this point just because I don't trust how effective Drew Brees can be throughout the whole game. And I, if Luke McCown does come in and have to play, I think Carolina will be able to handle that, even with Luke Keekley out potentially. And we'll see uh, how Carolina plays at home. I think I'll take with Carolina with this one. Philadelphia also going to be taking a trip to East Rutherford to play the Jets. Uh, I'm not really sure where to start with the Eagles. I figured we would have chalked up week one as a fluke. Uh, DeMarco Murray looked real inept week one. Wasn't sure how they were going to bounce back week two. I really kind of expected them to come out with a little bit something different than they, what they rolled out week one. And week two is really just more of the same. Uh, DeMarco Murray is getting hit three yards deep in the backfield on almost every play. It's coming out that he potentially could be injured. I don't think it would have mattered if he was in a wheelchair or if he was running 100 miles an hour. He was getting hit immediately on almost every every chance that he got coming out of that lead draw uh, from the shotgun. Uh, Sam Bradford hasn't really impressed me either. either. It really makes me wonder if the Sanchez would really be a better option at this point because he knows the offense, see how he actually fits. It looks like they actually had some pace with him at points last year. Uh, the quick pace three and out offense really keeps the defense hamstrung, and they're on the field for way too long, creating a really vicious cycle for that Philadelphia Eagles group. The Jets made the Bills' week one win look a lot less impressive. The Jets were far and away the better team in week two against the Colts as well. Chip Kelly's definitely going to have his hands full once again with this Todd Bowles defense. The Jets were definitely had definitely impressed me so far with how Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing the ball. You got some you know dominant receivers there with Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall if they keep featuring them and Fitz is on point. It'll be interesting to see how the Jets you know try to end up contending in that AFC East division. At some point, the Eagles are going to have to execute and win some games, but I am predicting an 0-3 start for the Eagles this week. I'll take the Jets at home uh, in Week Three. And we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. The Bucks had an impressive outing and outlasted the Saints thanks to a late turnover. Uh, Mark Ingram found the ball pretty late in that contest and really kind of sealed the victory for the Buccaneers. Anytime you can take down a division rival and shut down Drew Brees, you had a pretty good week. Jameis got his first win as a starter, and a little bit of confidence can definitely go a long way for him. Looking at the Texans, they dropped 0-2 but aren't alone at the bottom of their division either with the Colts being there. They have shown that they are definitely capable of putting a solid effort together. They just really need to translate that into some actual victories. I do have a little bit of fantasy watch here for Nate Washington. He's had two solid weeks in a row with Ryan Mallett coming and step coming stepping in for that group. Uh, he might be worth a pickup if you don't have him in some deeper leagues. I'll take the Texans in this one, being at home. I think that Houston defense is going to be able to take over Jameis, and we'll uh, see that in a little bit of a fantasy question a bit soon as well. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be visiting the Arizona Cardinals this week. Uh, the Niners got a real dose of reality after a pretty impressive Week 1 victory. They really overplayed their expectations for Week 1 against the Vikings, and they came crashing right back down to earth for Week 2 against the Steelers. Watching Carlos Hyde's status throughout this week, in this one, he was cleared from the concussion that it, they thought that he had sustained in Week 2, but I guess he also had a leg injury, so we'll you know try to keep you updated with the status of that one. Definitely watch if you are a fantasy owner for him. Colin Kaepernick is still relevant in a fantasy situation due to his running production. In terms of an actual team status, though, it's going to be tough to see 
Arizona fall in this one. Uh, the Cardinals won't make it any easier on San Francisco this week. It's going to be a real tough draw after facing the Steelers and then the Cardinals for consecu- in consecutive weeks for the 49ers. The Cardinals and Carson Palmer at the helm have gotten to a real hot start. Even without Andre Ellington, this offense looks like a well-oiled machine. Larry Fitzgerald came back and had a, had a really good game, two scores in that one. I, I don't expect a drop-off anytime soon with this Cardinals offense. Definitely going to pick Arizona with a home win in the division here. Our fantasy question this week coming from Jen and Doug down in Belize. Hope you're having a good time down there. They had a question to see if they would pick Buffalo or Houston's defense. Uh, really for a coin flip, is my opinion at this point. We've just covered how Houston could fare against the Bucks with the matchup there. I, I do really like how they will pressure Jameis Winston. I think they can get some interceptions out of there. Uh, we're about to dive into Buffalo-Miami in a minute, but in the divisional game, that'll be a tough test. I do feel a lot more comfortable taking the Houston defense. Not to say Buffalo won't rebound after New England. I just like the opportunity Houston has a little bit more uh, going against the rookie quarterback. And speaking of Bills at the Dolphins, what really surprised me most about the Bills' loss against New England was the defensive strategy. I really can't remember the last time Tom Brady lost a game because there were too many guys in coverage. The Bills strutted out three- and four-man rushes with limited creativity all game. There were very few stunts, as my older brother Dave helped point out to me earlier this week, and the offense really sputtered after a great opening drive. Penalties are definitely an issue for the Bills. They can't be getting these personal foul penalties after the play and expecting to win some games. Um, the Dolphins already have a similar offense to what the Patriots run. I don't expect to see the same strategy from Buffalo, but you really never know. The Bills' offense will need to limit their turnovers to win this game down in Miami. Uh, the Finns laid a huge dud at Jacksonville in Week 2. Uh, I'm a lot higher than most with the Jags' potential, but it's not a good look to, for the South Florida team to lose to the North Florida team, especially with the talent pool that Miami has. I don't put much weight into the reports about Sue ignoring defensive calls. Uh, they came out and kind of refuted that anyway. I, I, I really want to see more production out of him, but leaking information to the media isn't the best way to do it if that's coming from in-house. Ryan Tannehill is definitely going to need to get the ball out a lot quicker like Brady did for last week uh, for Miami to be successful, and the defense will need to put out an effort closer to their potential uh, for Miami to win this one. I will take Buffalo on the road here. I think the talent pool in Buffalo is a little bit is a little bit higher than they have down in Miami at this point, especially with the Dolphins limping into this one with Jordan Cameron probably being out. Lamar Miller looks like at most will be limited. They just promoted Jonas Gray to the 53, so I really don't believe Lamar Miller is even going to play, and Ryan Tannehill is hurt as well. I'm really not too convinced they were a better team to begin with, but I'll definitely in Miami I'll definitely take Buffalo on the road here. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears visiting the Seattle Seahawks. And this is going to be the game where you're going to see my bold predictions, fantasy feast options. This is going to be where my main matchup is going to be with Tyler Lockett. He is going to score two touchdowns early in this one. I think that's how why they're going to get started off. That's my bold prediction for this week. Despite being 0-2, the Seahawks have a much better chance at winning this one uh, facing the Bears team. That's going to be starting Jimmy Claus in a quarterback. Some would argue that it's not much of a downgrade from Jay Cutler, but I can definitely assure you it is. Jay Cutler makes his mistakes every so often, but is far and away more talented than Jimmy Clausen will ever be. Cam Chancellor is back for that defense. They're going to start clicking again. I really think it's going to be a huge boost for them this week to get their emotional leader back as well. 
My lock of the week is going to be two interceptions for Jimmy Clausen against the Seattle defense. Most of my picks coming from this team, I really feel confident that Seattle is going to be able to take this one. Matt Forte should be able to get some carries and some good fantasy production just based on volume. They're not going to run Jimmy Clausen out there and try to throw more than you know 20, 25 passes, but he really might have to. So look for some swing passes out of the backfield, some safe options, but I still think they're gonna, the Seattle defense is going to get to him and pick him off twice. Seattle really isn't a bad eliminator pick at this point. If you're still in your eliminator pools, this is going to be a really popular pick for eliminator challenges for most formats. And here we got the Denver Broncos visiting the Detroit Lions. The Broncos are 2-0, and Peyton's arm looks like it's 200 years old. There's very minimal zip on his ball lately. Everybody's going to be talking about it. What nobody can really ever take away, though, is the smartest brain that's ever set foot on an NFL football field. For what he lacks in arm strength, he definitely makes up with, with his decision-making. He always makes the most accurate throws you really do at this point for his arm being the way it is. Uh, at this rate, it really makes me wonder if he's even going to be able to finish out the year. But I still like how strong their defense has been playing lately. Uh, with all their options back there, you still got Von Miller putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So they're, they're definitely still in a pretty good place. The Lions are 0-2 despite showing flashes of brilliance at times. They got down early last week and really had to abandon the run game, which usually doesn't pan out well for almost anybody. I, I'd like to see a little bit more Amir Abdullah featured in this game. I don't think this week is going to be any easier for them or different this time around either. For the Lions, I'm going to go with an away victory for the Broncos. Our last matchup is going to be against the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Green Bay Packers. Kansas City played a solid game against the Broncos last week, and I still can't believe they have don't have a wide receiver touchdown, even with more than capable Jeremy Macklin in that position group. They really need to get that involved, unit involved sooner rather than later to have success against top-tier teams like the Broncos. Green Bay without Jordy Nelson sounds like a pretty scary proposition. Green Bay without Eddie Lacy sounds even worse. But don't ever forget that they have Aaron Rodgers that there in Green Bay, because even when you lose a superb amount of talent at any given time, that guy can really make plays that nobody else in this league can at any given time. If the Packers lose a game anytime soon, it'll be because they fall, they get in a shootout where the defense really lets them down or their offensive line completely falls apart. I, I don't think either of these are going to occur on Monday night. I'm going to go with the primetime tilt going to the Packers on this one. Now that we've made all our picks, I do want to focus on something to watch for, uh, hopefully in the next upcoming couple weeks. It was mentioned to me by Brennan Hartnett uh, on Twitter. Actually, he was just kind of putting it out there, but I really kind of want to run with this one. It's going to have to be worth the penalty, but I hope that I see someone use the pylon cam for a t- touchdown celebration. Maybe, and he proposed this as well, maybe you can get multiple pylon cams. Maybe this, you know, you at least get somebody getting everybody together, taking a selfie with the pylon cam in the end zone. I think that'll definitely make more than headlines. I think everybody will be all over that in the news. You'll even get national news outlets that don't really care about football over all over that one. Someone definitely needs to make this happen sooner rather than later. I'm trying to think of somebody who can really get away with it at this point and not be completely ostracized. I would probably have to go with Antonio Brown scoring a deep touchdown would probably be the most fun way to see it. I mean, he's somebody that's going to produce week in and week out. Everybody's confident in his abilities. So he's probably going to have one of the most opportunities to do it. This is your calling, Antonio. If you can make that pylon cam TD celebration happen, we would all appreciate it. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. 
Overall, we're sitting at 500 for the for the year for our picks with a tough week last week. Uh, we're definitely expound, expecting a bounce back in this in this week upcoming week three. Again, give us a follow on Twitter at JG Sportscast if you want a question answered on the next show. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you have you tuning back in next week for week four.